data-driven, ambitious, and love all things marketing? I'm Emma. I've dabbled in all marketing channels in my career. And my passion? Providing my team with the tools to be the superstars. So, I'm making a podcast to share everything I've learned along the way, from my bachelor's internships to early career in marketing to becoming head of international marketing by age 29. Plus, everything I wish my 20-year-old self had known. So pour yourself a cup of coffee, get your snacks ready to go, and let's do this. Hello, so today's episode is going to focus on email marketing, and there is so much that I can talk about on email marketing, and I'm just going to do this one as a slight intro, I think, I think that's how it's going to turn out, into email marketing, and then we'll go into more of the nitty gritty tactics and how to actually implement in other ones. Now, email marketing has a really important part in my marketing journey because it's actually one of the channels that I did very first off the bat in my first marketing job and then in my second one as well it was really really prevalent so I have done this in various different platforms and there is some little nuggets that I think that will help even if you are just a one ban marketing band and I hear all the time actually in the marketing industry is email marketing dead and there is pros and cons against it to me it's not dead because it's so valuable in the fact that you can own your data. Mark Zuckerberg doesn't own it, Google doesn't own it, nobody else owns it. It is your data that you've won and so for me even though globally in different countries it has a different place in the pecking order of channels I still think that it is really really important to have it in your marketing mix and I also think it's similar to Facebook ads and the fact that from the outset it seems this sort of daunting channel that you might need an expert for or it might be really expensive and it might seem really inaccessible so my aim of this podcast today is to break down those walls to give you the confidence that you can do it with a few little mindset shifts. Before I go into a lot of the meatiness of this podcast, I really wanted to share with you my mistakes in this channel because I feel like when people are preaching marketing channels in every, in whether it's strategy, whether it's a channel specific, everybody just does the how-to and especially in email marketing, I feel like we're going to say it now, it's okay if you've made a mistake or you think that you might make a mistake and that is the reason why it is holding you back from doing this channel. I think that I have done pretty much every wrong thing that you can do at some point in this channel. Now, when I say that, let me give you a few examples. So when I was doing email marketing for the NFL and the NBA, and the NHL, I did all the emails. So when it came to playoff season, it meant staying up till 2am and literally having both emails ready to go. Was it the Cavaliers? Was it the Warriors? Who was going to win the playoffs? And same with Super Bowl and have the winners emails ready to go so that as soon as they won, then we could hit right off the bat with the, the winners merchandise for people to purchase. So obviously we had to be completely on it. We couldn't wait for a long time which was great at 2am trying to like tell myself don't make a mistake don't make a mistake luckily I know where you all think this story is going luckily I never actually sent the wrong winner's email so I never sent the Patriots email if the Broncos won even though the, the Patriots won that year I digress so luckily I've never done a wrong team email something that I learned very quickly though was especially when you're in sports or your email is reacting to something that has just happened don't give away the winner in the title because that can really 
annoy people if they have recorded the game and they uh, really want to watch it and then you go Patriots win oh gosh I've had some hate before on socials by sending emails like that that is a very niche example though so I'm gonna go more general with my other one so when I used to do email marketing in 2012 I want to say 2012 2013 2014 all those years uh it was very coding based still I had to go into the back I'm trying to think and I can't for the life of me remember what the platform was called I know that we went into Salesforce but before that we used a different platform and you basically had to code it all which was so annoying and yes I did read html for dummies because I was so petrified of getting things wrong now I feel like everybody has done the issues with and it's not really as now email marketing platforms have become a lot more sophisticated there is a lot less of the issues with coding and things not showing I mean I remember once like driving out of work I mean like bye I'm on I'm on holiday and I hadn't even got to like the barrier and my manager called me and he was like Emma the email that you've just sent like when you open it it's blank so then I had to turn right back around and go and figure out what coding was wrong in my email Also, inevitably, with this much churn of email marketing, you're going to have spelling mistakes. Let me share another story with you. So when I got my next role, which I was given new channels, but I also had social and email, which was my bread and butter. And my new manager was going away on holiday for two weeks and I'd only just started. I'd been there about a week. And he was like, do you have this under control? I was like, I've got this, especially email marketing. I was like, I'm going to show him. I can I can do this. I can boss this channel, no problem. So send my first email while he's in Vietnam. And in my very first email, there was a huge spelling mistake in the subject title. So, and he, I remember being like, well, that's it. I'm going to get fired like my first week. And he was really gracious about it. He was like, mistakes happen. Like, do not worry about it. So... And I remember being so mad at myself for like a week. And now like it made after that, I didn't make a mistake because I would triple, triple check every single email subject line. And I made somebody else in my team check it. And the reason why I didn't actually make anybody check that one, and this is where the mistake came, was because he was not in the country and I was new to the team and there was nobody else like really in marketing that I could ask and I felt a bit uncomfortable to ask them. So I didn't ask them and that's where the mistake came for. And I think that even if somebody's not in marketing, get them to check your spelling. Just get them to, if you need another pair of eyes on it, don't be afraid. They will be happy to help. Because obviously if you ask nicely, they'll be happy to help. Another mistake is that I've seen before is that people do put codes in emails and then they don't work uh, or you can't double discount or etc etc so be really tight on your coding and make sure that you test 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 also test every link cannot emphasize that enough because I have made that mistake so many times anyway I've digressed I've gone into a lot of my mistakes I promise I did do good emails too so I really want to touch on the 3.5 things that if you can nail these things, then it gives you a really, really strong and solid base. And these three things that we will talk about is automation, ad hoc, segmentation, and therefore personalization. And if you do your segmentation right, you're going to do your personalization right, which is why I've put it as 0.5, because I don't really think segmentation and personalization deserve their own pocket because they really need to go together. 
if you are just starting and you don't know, you have no email marketing, before you even look at your email marketing, you need to take a step back and ask yourself, what is your tactic to get people onto your email list? You won't build your email list without some kind of lead generation tactic. You could do one tactic, you could do a whole range of tactics. And if you're not sure, test a whole bunch and see which one resonates the most. So some examples of these would be a downloadable PDF. Maybe that PDF is a guide or a report that people want to read, or maybe it's in a template. It could be something simple like a percentage off your first order. That's the most typical one that you'll see for a product-based business. It might be take a personality test and get the results and the results will be emailed to you. If it's more of a service or consultancy or coaching based business, you might be offering a free webinar, but people have to sign up. It could be a pop up on your site as people are about to exit. You then sweep up the traffic and give them the opportunity to go even further and sign up. You'll need to offer them something because there was some there was a reason why they were going to exit. So it might be a good place to put that percentage off. It could be to try something for free. That works so, so well. Try this for free, but you have to put your email in. So you might get your first week free, but you need to, that's probably more for like a service. Try for a week for a free, but you need to put your email in. And where are you going to put those tactics? So there's there's plenty of different places from your website to all of your social media to your bios in your social media to to your paid social which could be your middle or bottom of funnel and that is just four examples right off the bat that you could be putting these tactics which is your lead generation to put people into your email list and once you've got them to your email list and it's a good concerted content way that you've done this you've done the hardest part of email marketing in my opinion in my opinion the hardest thing about email marketing is getting people on your list After that, it is really simple if you follow some really key, simple steps. So once you've got your lead generation, the next thing to do is my favorite thing to plan. Now, initially, you have have your automated emails and then you have the emails where you do campaign or content or sales base, which is ad hoc emails. So we have automated emails and ad hoc emails. So initially, don't even think about your ad hoc emails put your time and effort into your automated emails. These are your bread and butter for marketing because they will be going in the background. When somebody signs up to your lead generation, you don't want to be sat there going, oh, I need to send them out a welcome email. No, you need to set it up so that when somebody does take advantage of your lead generation, they will just get your welcome email. So the two ones I think that if I had to pick two automated emails for you, I would pick your welcome email and I would pick your abandoned basket email. There is lots of other ones which could include birthday emails, lapsed customers, whether it's three months or six months, visited the site but not purchased or an upsell. There's plenty and plenty of automated emails But if you're starting from nothing, your bread and butter ones are going to be your welcome email and your abandoned basket email. Make sure as well that you've set up your bread and butter for your service. So order confirmation, dispatch confirmation, depending on if it's a product or service based business. But make sure that they are set up as well because communication with your customer is key. And not only do you really want to give them a good experience with the product or service, if your customer service is 
completely on point and half of that customer service is just being communicative so if you set up your automated emails for service-based emails that is going to help you win those points really easy really simply you set it up once and then you don't have to think about it again once you've set up however many automated email flows that you can set up and if you get a email platform service, they will have these in there. They will already have set up the flow. You just need to add them in. So some of the ones that I've used is Salesforce, .mailer. It's now called .digital, but when I used it, it was .mailer. I've used HubSpot. I've used Clavio. I'm trying to think of other ones. Um, I haven't ever used MailChimp. I've used Flowdesk before. That's quite good as well. But all of these different ones that you will see, they shop around because there's always loads of different ones and that's just my experience in them and I'm not in email marketing anymore to know which is the best platform. They all are very, very similar. You'll pay a certain fee and then you can get all of these. They do all of the hard work for you, the technology side of it. So just make sure that whatever you're paying, you've really shopped around and done a price comparison within those platforms, they will have these flow emails set up for you 99% of the time and you just plug in what you want and how you want your flow to go. And what I mean by that is for your abandoned basket email, for example, do you want it to fire once an hour after they've abandoned their basket? Do you want it twice if they haven't purchased after a day? Do you want the final one to be seven days? And All of those types of things will vary depending on what your business is, but you can really personalize your flow of those automated emails depending on what you think will work for you. And if you don't know, test, 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 test. What I would say with your welcome email or your welcome flow is you want that welcome email to land as soon as they sign up to your database. And within that welcome email, you need to be really, really careful that you're not pushing a hard sale on them at that point they won't be ready to purchase then but you need to welcome them in and give them whatever you have promised them as your lead generation so whether that was a downloadable pdf whether it was a percentage off whether it was a results to a free quiz or the free webinar access whatever it is that they've signed up for you need to give it to them right when they have signed up Do not wait any longer because you've got them really really warm there you've got them poised and ready to go to your middle funnel of consideration phase. Don't lose them now by not sending them a quick email straight off the bat. Your welcome email could have more flows to it. So you could be sending them the free webinar, say, on the first day. Then once they've taken that action and done the free webinar, or even if they haven't, you might wanna follow up with 24 hours later with more of a content, but with a sell email in there as well. But you see that it's not just hitting them right off the bat with a purchase this email now. So once you've got your automated emails and you know you can do as many or as little as these as you want. And as you start, if you're growing your email list from nothing, then as you start to build this up, you'll want to add more and more automated emails in as you grow. But to begin with, your welcome and your abandon is going to be enough just to start you off. So Once you've done your automated emails, we move on to what I call ad hoc emails, but nothing is ad hoc. It shouldn't be in your marketing. It is emails that are set out in a plan and that will make it really, really more manageable. And depending on the size of your team or if you've got anybody to do this for you or if it's you, don't put loads and loads of pressure on you on these ad hoc emails. You make sure that whatever it is that you can deliver it. It could be one content email per week and a purchase email every other week. 
or it could be two in one email. And this could depend on a variety of things. Do you produce enough content to be sending out an email every week? If it's just you or you have a really little team, you might not have enough content to be able to do this. And by content, I mean blog posts, videos, YouTube, anything like that that is gonna add value. And you do need to make this part of your email strategy. You can't just be sending people sales emails every week because they will unsubscribe so fast because you're not giving them value back. So whatever it is in your plan that is manageable for you, make sure that you have a good balance of content versus purchase to make sure that you're not throwing sales emails down their throat. If this sounds too horrendous and too unmanageable, spend more time setting up your flows and your automations and then do these content sales emails less frequent. You need to make sure that your welcome email is there because if you don't get them into a funnel to purchase, however many steps away it is or whatever that looks like for your business, these leads will quickly turn cold and all the work that you've done to get them there could be gone in an instant. So setting up your plan of your ad hoc emails There is different ways that you can do this, especially for peak season that make your emails work harder. What I mean by this is, say it is Black Friday and you have a really, really awesome offer and you want to send it to everybody. So you're not segmenting, you are going to send this to everybody. I am going to come on to segmentation and personalization after this, but just to say about how to make your ad hoc emails work harder. So you could literally send one email with your sales email in it. 24 hours after that, you could segment it to anybody that did not open, send it again. 40 hours later, you then have everybody that has opened it. So if they haven't opened it by now, they're probably not going to open it. So I would just get rid. I wouldn't even send it to them again. But I would then send it a third time to anybody that's opened it but not purchased it. I would then do a final scarcity email, counting down, depending on how long this time frame is, 48 hours before the sale ends or 24 hours. And I've even been known to send one one hour before a sale closes. Each time you're narrowing down that audience to people that have interacted in some way, but make sure to exclude the people that have already purchased so that you don't become annoying and that you're really respecting the fact that they've purchased so don't be pecking their heads and sending them the email again you see how that is just one email but you don't just give up after the first time and send it people might need that nudge and the fact that they have done an action but not purchased does mean that you are going more likely to get the action that is desired with that tactic it is more risky that you might get some a higher unsubscribe rate but it's worth it right because that is your key sales driver of the year and you need to make sure that it's working as hard as it can so let's move in to remember I said that there was three weapons of email marketing so we've gone into automation and I have spoken a bit about ad hoc emails now the third one is segmentation and gosh I still remember so in my first job when I was doing the emails for all of the three major Americans but I remember my marketing manager getting me into a meeting room and he was like right Emma the direction that we're going is is we're going to do shop by team so all your marketing now needs to be shop by team and I remember being like do you know how much work that is so and and there was no like techie technology that we had anyway where I could quickly segment people by their 
team. So I then had to literally go into streams and streams of data and get people that were Steelers fans, people that were Titans fans, people that were, you get the message, there was 32 NFL teams. Had to do the same for the NBA. I don't think I did it for the NHL because I think I'd lost the world to live after I did it for those two teams. But it made complete sense, right? If you're a Patriots fan, why would you ever want to know about Steelers merch? You wouldn't, would you? So complete logical sense. Hats off to him, correct decision. But it meant that I had to segment people by their team's preference and absolutely made sense. And then from then on, I would have to send different emails to different people, which was absolutely more work, but the return on investment was exponentially higher because it resonated with them and showed that we acknowledged that that was their team and we weren't going to be communicating with anything else except for their team, which made our value proposition go higher. And it also meant that we had a much higher open rate and conversion rate because it was things that they cared about. And they had told us that data. They told us who they cared about. So it's only good email marketing to respect that and only serve them what they want. Now that is a very specific professional sports example, but you can take that into every other elements of your email marketing. Be really considerate of how you segment people. And it could not necessarily be by their preferences. That's a great one to use as an example. But it could be from their purchasing. So you could segment people that have not purchased over six months or over three months, depending on what your typical life cycle of purchasing is and you're going to be giving the people that have not purchased over six months a much stronger offer to try and entice them back to say somebody that is purchasing week in week out you're not going to be giving them such a high offer to come back if they are not lapsed and they are fully engaged Equally, if you have your top segment, you can make, and they are purchasing a lot, you can be upselling to them, selling them different things, different propositions that will more likely resonate with them. So purchasing behavior is definitely one way to segment. And that is just two examples. There is plenty of other ways that you could segment, but use the data that you have to be able to do it in a different way. Another example of this is when I worked at Edgebaston and we were doing cricket we did a lot of segmenting by the type of cricket that they watched so if they'd always bought t20 tickets we weren't going to be giving them the option necessarily to buy test tickets because we already knew that they weren't going to purchase it occasionally when we wanted to do a bigger hit and hope we would send it to the whole database just to try and get some more sales but typically we would segment by the cricket that they liked or if they had bought a fireworks ticket for example we're not going to be selling them test tickets because we know that they wanted to come and watch the fireworks but they're not necessarily going to come and watch cricket Okay, and then the final one that I spoke about was personalization. And this sort of goes with segmentation because especially because of the NFL example that I gave, that shows that that it's personal to them. It shows that you are knowing who they are, you're listening who they are, and you're delivering content that they want. There is some different personalization tips that you can do. And a really great one for that is giving a birthday email. When you ask them to sign up for your email you need to make that a field if you want to be doing birthday emails that is a great way to show that you know it's their birthday give them a special offer how many people have had that email from a different brand before and it really makes you build that connection more with that brand because it shows that they know more about you but other ways that you can do this really simply is 
calling out their name in a subject line or in the middle of an email text. Every platform that I've used has always had this function where you can literally at first name and then once you've at first named, it then comes through and generates to them. But that's a really nice way to be talking directly to them, to make it more personal, to make them not feel like they're just one of a teeny, teeny dot within your marketing wheel. As content email and micro communication, marketing becomes so much more relevant in this world given the new platforms that we're using, which is bridging the gap much more between consumer and brand, we also need to have this to extend to our email lists to make sure that they are feeling like a valued consumer, not one of many. So that is just a few ways that you can personalize it. But I feel like I've given a good intro to email marketing and the three things that I think well the two and a half things I think are really really important to this channel I'm gonna delve more into this and give some more nuggets away as we go through the season but I really wanted just to give you the one the confidence to say you will make mistakes it's okay you're human but get people to check your work before sending out your emails and even if your manager is off or somebody else in your marketing team is off that you would usually send the test to get somebody else to check it for you check all of the links, check all of the spelling, check all of the coding, check your discounts. You will make mistakes, embrace them. You're only human, but you can put in some safeguards to try and alleviate these if you possibly can. And then remember your automations, set these up. Your first two that you want to set up are your welcome email flow and your abandoned basket flow. There is plenty of other ones that you can do once you're more established, but they would be your bread and butter ones. And then remember that in your emails, you also need to make sure that you have your service email set up. That is all part of the great customer service that you want to deliver to the customer. And so doing some automated order confirmation and dispatch confirmation emails is a great way to build up that report with them then move on to your ad hoc emails but make sure that you have a plan for them and make sure that they're really balanced between content and sales emails because this is going to help your unsubscribe rate and it will also help them become more involved in the brand because you're delivering them value not just trying to be the sales pitch person day in day out which gets really old really fast and they will unsubscribe so quickly Finally, moving on to your segmentation, your personalization, which there is much more that we can delve into there. And I'm gonna do more in depth on all of these areas, automation, segmentation, and personalization. But for today, that is enough of me talking about email marketing. Hopefully you picked up a nugget or two to help you with this channel. Thank you so much for listening to my Marketing Nuggets podcast. I've been your host, Emma, and I will catch you next time. Bye for now.